1: It's
2: the second time it's gone on. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important.
3: Hello there, second captains listeners. You guys hopefully heard Sunday night's World Cup podcast, so you know Ken got off to a blistering start. By hurling himself full pelt into a glass door before a ball had even been kicked in anger. Well, he's taken that fine form from off the field he right is. into his football reportage in the last few
2: days. Hey, Murphy, how are you? Hey, how's it going? It is hard to remember that that all happened even before the first game. The man's ability <sighs> to get himself into a scrape and indeed give himself a scrape uh, really knows no bounds. Well, listen, the Monday-only listeners have missed everything that's happened
3: since then. Since then, firstly, Ken's unfortunate mishap has made itself onto one of our new audio beds.
1: The press, they are garbage. garbage. And whoever gets to run FIFA going forward needs to be clean
0: and people Honest, have, yeah. have
2: to be. I feel um, Qatari, Arab, African, gay, disabled and migrant work. We are now in this amazing place.
1: Yeah. Clearly Qatar has far more money than FIFA ever would and they could bankrupt people. Beautiful, isn't it? Lift goes down, 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 down to the lobby. I burst out through the doors like sugar and smash straight <laughs> into the fucking glass. And bounce backwards like off a trampoline. And I sort of lie there twitching. And the hotel produced the first aid kit. Tell him he's Henry Winter and send him back out there.
0: I'm here to do a job. Of course, I'm not really a migrant worker. The winner is Qatar!
3: The trampoline sound effect is the nice touch out of that one, I think. I'm sure we're all agreed on that. Uh, There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that one. Some of that blood, Ken's. But Ken has no time to wallow in his obvious physical pain. He's got a tournament to cover. Looking for an eyewitness to one of the greatest shocks in World Cup history as Saudi Arabia do a job on Argentina?
1: Can Early's your man. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that I'm some kind of Nostradamus or whatever because certainly I didn't predict this result nor did I predict it at halftime. But I did, it is on the record in my WhatsApp. I can send you a screen grab of my WhatsApp at <laughs> 1.44. And, and my analysis... Yeah, our listeners time, will
2: actually also need to see that as well. My
1: so. analysis at that time was Argentina are getting a bit freaked out here, I think. Saudis chasing them. So, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is. Wow. Uh,
3: <laughs> Sorry, at what point was that? It was early second half before the first, before the equalizer. It's the end of the first
1: half. End oh, of the first half. half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 144. Okay. Yes. Quote, one of those days, unquote. My correspondent replies. <laughs> cool. So, you know, so, so I'm not saying the signs were there, but there was something, there was something in the air, something. And, and of course, the crowd was, was actually a factor in this game because. The Saudi crowd was huge and loud. And okay, I think that the Saudi crowd had mostly actually come from Saudi Arabia, right? Because Saudi Arabia is, mm. is the nearest neighbor of Qatar. I mean, yeah. they can drive; they can drive here. Uh, whereas Argentina is on the other side of the world. Um, and there were a fair few people there who had traveled from Argentina. But I think most of the Argentina crowd, which looked bigger in the stadium, if you were to, if you, if you saw it on TV, if you're looking around the stadium, it's like there's more blue and white here than there is green and white because there's, there's a lot of people also wearing white robes. But I don't think that that support was as, uh, I think the Argentinian support was more multinational than just Argentina. There were people, there were lovers of Argentina from every quarter of the from the earth there. And what I mean is, that the Saudi crowd was much louder and more intense and they were cheering every single tackle and every mm. challenge and every kind of spirited show by their players. Uh, whereas Argentina, you know, Argentina were supposed to be winning the game easily and kind of felt like they were, but then they, they weren't. And I just yeah. feel so,
2: yeah. Yeah, the Saudi crowd actually reminded me of, like, an Irish crowd applauding James McLean. There was a lot of, like, slide tackles yeah. getting, like, unbelievably yeah. raucous for a
0: yeah. Rockets, yeah. there was and one like about
2: 35 too. yards out from like the uh the Saudi goal literally nothing on and like, I just slid in and, and knocked it out for its role and it was like this out, the loudest roar, roar that I'd heard at the World Cup to that point point.
1: and that was, makes a difference if on? a team if a team is ready to kind of use that energy you know like, that can that can start to make a difference especially against a team that's like missing chance after chance or just or kind of making small mistakes which are costing it easy goals, as Argentina were doing. And it begins to kind of change change things a little bit. But obviously what what then happened was immediately after halftime, they scored. And they scored. It's Messi who loses the ball. Messi with two guys around him. Uh, they take the ball off him. I think it's the Saudi captain. The ball just straight up the pitch. Like, you know, it doesn't look to either side. It just knocks it straight to the guy in front of him who's, you know, 30 yards out. He seem to kind of make a hames of it somehow but like it sort of dribbles to the guy to his left and then this is the crucial moment Romero Romero I don't think should have been playing you know Romero is like one of Argentina's best defenders like there's no question that he gets in their best team but Romero isn't isn't really fully fit I don't think I mean he hasn't he hasn't really had a great season for Tottenham he's been struggling with injury um and he just didn't look. Why? Why is this? A, why is this more of a problem in the World Cup than anywhere else? Because I think in the World Cup you're playing against guys who who really are giving it like seven thousand percent. You know, this is it. Mm. Like this is it for them. This is the biggest game they'll ever play. This is like the game of their lives. And you're and you're not fit.
3: But it didn't stop there. Another day, another giant shock. This time at the Khalifa International Stadium.
0: speed <laughs>
3: Now, Murph, this is something we actually failed to register as we were talking to Ken from the Japan game. It only occurred to us afterwards, so that we can share this one with our Monday-only mm-hmm. listeners here. Ken Early is the <laughs> luckiest of lucky charms for Japan at World Cups. Yes. This is a man who all attended their victory against the mighty South Africa in the 2015 World Cup, and now he's there to witness their greatest ever moment like- on the World Cup stage. Oh, wow.
2: no, I'm I'm not joking. He might be the only person to be at both of those sporting events. I mean, when you think about it, oh, some Japanese, some Japanese sports journalists. Oh, I don't know, maybe like a Keith, maybe a Maliki Clerkin type. You know, someone In who the Japanese you know, media firmament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone who you know, uh, you know, covers the full the full scope. Then again, Japan is a very large country. You know, there's there's a lot more specialization required there, perhaps, to get to the very top of the tree. Yeah, I think it's something worth investigating. I might make a few calls to Japan <laughs> to, to just figure out if, if there is one sports journalist who is at both of those sporting events and if possible, to get Ken to meet that person <laughs> and just discuss Eddie Jones' uh, managerial acumen <laughs> one more time.
3: Yeah, exactly. How did he manage to get that rolling ball going against the mighty springbok pack. Anyway, as you can imagine, Ken had plenty to say about how the Japanese footballers engineered this famous victory against Germany. But this is also the match that featured one of the big symbolic moments of the tournament so far, as the German players covered their mouths in the we've been gagged gesture during the team photo as a protest at FIFA banning them from wearing the One Love armbands. I wasn't
1: looking at it when it happened, so I didn't see them do this. Um, I was sitting in the very back row of the Khalifa Stadium in a non-desk press overflow area seat. Like, you might as well be be standing over the sandwich board saying, I am shit. (laughs) 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 It's like... I'm I'm the lowest of the I'm the lowest of the low. Uh, nobody knows how people even let me in here. Um, so
2: did, did it make you ring a bell?
1: Uh, no, no, no. There was no. There was no. There was no actual further humiliation other than the fact that you're sitting in this section. And I was so mm. I was literally the furthest away in the highest of the stands, in the furthest back of the seat the seats, at the back of like the curve of the stand. I I had the furthest. It's one of the furthest seats I've ever had at a football game. <laughs> Just watching. So I didn't see this this. Gesture by the German players. I did obviously see it then when all the photos appeared of it, and I was like, "Okay, this is what they've done." And um, there was talk that they were going to do something, or you know, Oliver Beerhoff said we'll have to do something. And I think in Germany there was more pressure to, to do to to not just do what the other four teams so. I think it's mm. England, Wales, England, Wales, Holland, and Denmark had so far kind of just done it and said, "Okay, we're not doing our own thing. This is unfortunate, but you know, just, let's just get on with it." In Germany there's been a lot of um there's there's been a huge amount of criticism of the world cup like i saw that the the opening game of the world cup in germany the figures were down 40 percent on uh on 2018. now some of that has to do i'm sure with it being Qatar versus ecuador which isn't like mm. oh you know but you would still have thought that the opening match of the of the world cup is going to be the program with the biggest share on German television that night. I mean Germany is a is a football obsessed country. But apparently he was third and was beaten by the this they have some crime procedural called Tatort, which um crime it means, scene uh, I guess. I think of, it, means,
2: it means line of duty, doesn't it? No, I,
1: I, think, I, think it means, <laughs> I think it means I think it means I think it's their word for crime scene. I'm not I'm not actually sure. Um but this this apparently got more viewers than the uh than the World Cup opener because lots of people are like, oh, I can't be arsed with that, you know, and the whole the the Armand thing. I think have taken off a bit, uh, or, or you know, the, certainly you can see right in the Bundesliga. Um, uh, in in the last fixtures, there were several protests at different stadiums where the fans uh, had you know produced the big banners saying, basically, fuck this World Cup, and so so a lot of the kind of I guess football hardcore are against this. Uh, against this uh, idea, um, you had politicians getting involved. The German Interior Minister was actually there today, Nancy Faiz, she's the one we were talking about before. Remember, she was the one who um, who said the World Cup obviously shouldn't be in countries like Qatar. And then like it was like, oh well, you know, sorry about that, Qatar. <laughs> obviously, we don't mean, you know, that we don't buy your gas. Or um, yeah, that I mean, she was she was there wearing the armband. Of course, the referee couldn't book her. Um, and they also had uh, i saw uh, one of their sponsors had pulled out making a statement oh um the sponsor in question was heve who are who are like um like uh, um i get a bit like Aldi
3: uh, we got uh, an email about this actually, Ken. Connor oh yeah. Hughes had emailed in to say that I didn't know how to pronounce that, so I do thank you. Mm-hmm. That they are ending their cooperation with the DFB with immediate effect in response to FIFA's decision on the one love armband. I'm hoping this will be the push. This is before the. This is yesterday we got this email in from Connor. I'm hoping this will be the push that the German team need to find their EIER, E I E R.
0: Which eggs. translating
3: Eggs. Balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tr- directly translate as, translates as eggs. I'm going to say, I prefer the term eggs. So hopefully the German team will find their eggs and stand up for what they believe in. It's totally crazy that it's left to corporations to defend our values.
1: Yeah, but you know, you know what about, you know what about this, right? Remember we were over in Berlin last year. So we were in yes. Berlin in October 2021. And one of the days uh, I went for, uh, I think it was the day after our show, um so it was completely destroyed um i can't remember if it was the day after the show or the but anyway i ended up going um getting up really early you know in that mad way you sometimes do when you, you wake up and you know you won't be able to go back to sleep and i went for a kind of um tour a little a little uh uh jaunt around berlin just to kind of just go i was going around in a scooter for a while i was doing a bit of walking <laughs> Going around, just going around my scooter, and I found my way to um, the kind of big uh, central area in West Berlin, the Breitscheidplatz, which is uh, near like the zoo station and that blown up church. What's it called? The the or whatever. Um, I was uh, and uh, as I was going around there. Uh, there was a big political protest of some kind that kind of caught my eye so I sort of stopped to have a look at what what this was and what it turned out to be was a load of it was striking retail workers
3: Oh yeah I walked past the same one Sep- separately to you I, I, I yeah I took a gander myself
1: well guess who those guys work for Owen Ah that same company they work for Reva, yeah they um, they worked for well and also a couple of other they, they were retail workers so they so they all worked in this um, German. Uh, sector for uh, I forget the companies, but I remember seeing right because because when I saw this story, I thought, isn't that the isn't that the crowd who were who the workers were having a strike when I was in Berlin? So I went by, back and looked at the photos that I'd taken, and it was yeah, it was them. <laughs> I ch- I looked it up, and it was this union called Verdi who who had organized these workers, and basically, you know the way in in Ireland we've got we've got like German supermarkets and we yes. have these German supermarkets everywhere um, why is it why are the Germans so good at having supermarkets in other people's countries apparently it's because the German supermarket or grocery business is like the most uh, the most competitive in the world Walmart tried to go into Germany right Walmart who, who are famed as like the most sort of cutthroat price undercutting efficient American um, capitalist entity right <laughs> you know like they're they're blamed for like uh, hollowing out America by destroy, destroying every American town because they move in and nobody can compete with their low, low prices and suddenly all the business are gone and it's just this giant Walmart, right? That's mm-hmm. the kind of thing. Where Walmart went into Germany and like absolutely just got knocked out in the first round, right? They could not compete. Their outrageous
2: not. overheads were just, they yeah. were laughed at by the Germans.
1: It was like, what kind of, a, what kind of an operation are, are you guys running? Like, you know.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of fat I could trim off this.
1: Yeah, these skeletal uh, German firms, looking at them now. Obviously, this this uh, competitiveness um, also means competitiveness on wages. These companies don't get uh, don't don't get to be the world's most competitive by paying their work by overpaying their workers. Let's say or even paying their workers a living wage, their workers would say. So that was what that protest was about. And I actually went and looked it up when I, when I saw this thing. So at the time, those workers were asking, the inflation was 4%. The workers were asking for 4.5% and a minimum wage of €12.50, 12 Euros 50, which doesn't sound like a lot for, for a company with a $70 billion turnover like Reve. Um, they were offering 2% plus a further 1.2% increase the following year. So that was when inflation was four percent. Now in Germany, the inflation last month was ten percent. So I actually don't know what the resolution was, or if there, if there has been one. But it just struck me. I mean, I, there was a um, quote from the Revesi a guy called Lionel Suk, who, who sounds like he'd, uh, he'd he, he's uh, an area in this city. Uh, he says, "We stand up for diversity, and football is also diversity. We live this position, and we defend it." FIFA's scandalous attitude is absolutely unacceptable. So he's kind of you know he's standing up for the values you know which is nice but also like pay your workers <laughs> you know i mean it, it just <laughs> it just kind of seems to me as though and i don't i don't sound like i'm johnny infantino here either uh i think i think fair enough but like to kind of make this stand but also be kind of you know Maybe also look after your look after your mm. own people. So you're saying you know, corporations are
2: grandstanding on on issues that uh, are are of minimal importance to them, it while just, not really minding their own backyard. I think we're familiar with that yeah. particular move over it the just years. Seemed, it
1: seemed almost like advertising, you know, like this this um, yeah. this thing that he that that they did. And again, you know, I don't want to like, like totally totally dismiss. Uh, what they're doing, you know. I mean, it's it's good to stand up for principles, but like, there are there are also principles like it's good to pay your workers a fair wage. So it'd be great if if they could uh, if they could also uh, maybe consider standing up for that principle at some point.
3: We got an email in here from a listener based on what Ken was talking about there, with a fairly wild story about another German supermarket today. It involves a kidnapping and a ransom <laughs> that was negotiated <laughs> over seventy. There was a lot of stuff going on, but the listener did sign up by saying, "Having enjoyed the new German supermarket segment, I thought I might as well chip in." So I don't know if there is one that's going to mm. stick, Murphy. It, it might not German
2: fly. I'm going like to make a prediction right now on it may not fly.
0: Small details or big surfaces.
1: Take your time there. Take your time. Take your time. Relax. Relax.
0: Now. Oh, what a pass. What a pass. What a reverse
1: Can't pass. Go. Go.
0: Welcome to heaven, Ryland. Welcome to heaven. Give him the ball on his feet,
3: he will do the magic. Welcome to
1: heaven.
0: Oh, he was amazing. He was amazing.
1: Welcome to heaven. Ryland, Ryland,
0: Ryland. Fantastico.
1: Welcome to heaven.
3: This being a World Cup, we've had a worldwide selection of brilliant contributors already over the first few days, including that man you just heard, League of Ireland legend and former Cameroon international Joey and Doe. Welcome to heaven! Ah, he's on the show tonight to bring a bit of Joey and to proceedings. This guy is what you'd call I don't know does our generation use this Murph but the the generation older than us in Ireland would have used the word a tonic Ah, to describe Joey
2: he is a tonic he's also a tonic who's played in two World Cups we should make we should (laughs) we should stress but he is a
3: tonic ah he was brilliant even though his team was beaten 1-0 by Switzerland let's just say he's not giving up hope of in fact he still believes very much Cameroon can win the World Cup this is the kind of stuff you want to hear when you're talking to somebody especially when you're slightly concerned that his usually upbeat nature might be somewhat dimmed (laughs) by the defeat no not a bit of it it takes a lot more than that to knock this stuffing out of Joey and though I'll tell you that so that's on that hasn't even been out yet for our members that one is going out tonight but we've recorded it in the last couple of hours it's a very fluid situation here recording all these Mm. pieces that were put into these shows we should also mention that uh, the end result every evening is that we put the World Cup podcasts out on the night so tonight's pod will be released shortly after the big Brazil-Serbia match as we record I've no idea what's going to happen in that Brazil-Serbia game in fact I'm just about to watch Portugal play against Ghana so let's wrap this up Murph that's enough for the non-members if you want to sign up secondcaptains.com five euro a month plus VAT you are missing a lot there on uh, on events at the 2022 World Cup the Second Captains podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network I've got to thank you Murph
2: thanks Murph thank you Owen
1: It's that?
2: the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to the persuade there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.
3: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.